The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Hi, I'm Rob. I teach a Key Stage 2 class just outside Milton Keynes, and I've worked throughout all the Key Stages. Hi, I'm Helen. I also teach just outside Milton Keynes, and I'm currently teaching reception in Year 1. And today we are exploring what maths we can teach with a witty folktale found all around the world, adapted by us to be set in medieval England. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for The Dragon's Heart. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the magnificent Mario Coelho, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time. There are even some tips for telling the story yourself, and a whole heap of resources to go with the lesson ideas we're about to discuss, including any extra lesson ideas that we don't have time to fit into this podcast. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Helen, Rob, Fuller Dread, and the U Dragon. And we're, as as you kind of heard at the end of yesterday, we're exploring and, and picking out some maths. What what did you actually find at the end of your mathematical quests yesterday, folks? So the activity that I have come up with for this is about adding weight or adding mass, because as uh, Fuller Dread goes through all the different parts of the forest, he picks up. Um, extra mud and sand mm. and squelchiness, which on top of his armor is going to weigh quite a lot by the quite end. Quite heavy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> mud around his boots. Yes. You know, when you go for a walk in a muddy field and you just collect mud around yeah. boots, that's Taken what I'm picturing here. Yeah. yeah. And the sand that gets stuck to you after going through yeah. water. Yeah. yeah. So, how much would he weigh at the end? That would be my question that I would <laughs> ask. And depending on the age of your key stage two children would depend on how many variables or givens you give them. So we mm. know that he went through five kilograms of sand, for example. You might say to your younger children, but older up, you might say, oh, okay, how much sand do you think he would have gone through? And get mm. them to explore the problem yeah. a bit more themselves. And then you could even tie it into, well, how much how much weight can a branch of a tree hold? Mm. Um, I wouldn't recommend pulling a branch yeah. of live trees <laughs> or throwing children up there. Unless... I was going to say, put how many children you fit on a branch? Yeah, yeah. Health and safety alert. <laughs> Make sure it's not, uh, it's a tree that's got lots of life in it still um, mm. and that they've got a rope attached around them as well. But yeah, so you could explore solving problems using weight and that would allow you to look at adding different quantities of weights. Uh, you could say for part of it, it's five kilograms of sand. And then you could say, oh, and by the time he's walked through the river, he's got 6,000 grams of mud on his shoe. So you change the units of measurement. Mm. They've got to look at converting between the two. Yeah, I think you could get a really engaging lesson out of that. Yeah. Because how how thick must the sand have caked his boots if it's weighing five kilos? Whoa. 
It was, it was a tough journey for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about for ages four to seven, Helen? I am going to focus all the maths on bags of nuts. Huh. At the end of the story, Sir Fuller Dread is taking bags of nuts to his friend, the dragon. Um, mm-hmm. And there's so much maths you can get out of this. In an ideal world, you will have some form of nut or seed, nut type seed from a tree to use. Mm-hmm. Um, but that depends on the time of year. Um, or you can just and use... And also the allergies in your class, allergies. I presume. Yes, hmm. of course. Always have to be aware of those. Or you can use something that represents the nuts. Um, but they can be used for... Um, counting for multiplication for sharing out equally for addition and it's just absolutely loads of math you can get out of that so mm. sharing nuts equally between bags finding out how many nuts there are if there are 10 nuts in a bag and there are five bags adding up how many nuts there are all together if there's different amounts of nuts in each bag um mm-hmm. lots and lots of maths from bags of nuts so my other slight like related activity is to do with estimation So early on from the reception, early learning goals, children are being asked to learn how to begin to estimate, accurately estimate a number of objects, which children don't. I find there's some children that don't like to do this because they don't like the possibility they might be wrong. They want the right Mm. answer. They want the absolutely right answer. And so I thought you could have some kind of transparent bag or pot with with nuts in again if you can use conkers or something that would be great and use it throughout a week or two while you're while you're using the story in your class so have it a certain place in your class that it's sealed the children can't can't get the objects out but they write down Mm. each day their estimation for how many are in there and then at the Mm. end of each day you um, count together and see whose was the closest estimate Mm. because i find estimation is very much a skill that just kind of improves with time you teach you teach children how to do it in a lesson what is estimation but their actual ability to estimate will only improve with time I'm still not very good at it. Um, <laughs> so to do that over a couple of weeks, have it set up in your class would be a good way to practice that skill. Yeah, I mean, just to um, add to that, as something that I've done in my work as a tutor for alternative provision. I've also done that as a sort of quick fire multiple choice activity where I'll, I'll present something and I'll present three different answers. Um, okay. There'll be maybe like 10 of these. And the challenge will be not just to get as many as close as as possible but to also finish as fast as possible so it's kind of like a race to get to the end of all 10 questions so you want to be making sure that you are um, making as accurate an estimation as possible um, but also as quickly as possible and some of them might be as you say you know how many of something is inside this others might be you know very um, complex um, calculations so maybe i don't know 17 times 122 um, but the the idea is not to find the right answer it's to find the closest answer and just being able to whiz through those sorts of things quickly i find it really helps young learners to get into the habit of checking their work and knowing when their work needs to be checked because if you do a calculation like 17 times 122 i do appreciate that's not something you'd have to do for ages four to seven normally Um, hopefully not i I really don't (laughs) want to go into big numbers like that (laughs) no but but if you if you start to get into the habit of um even if it's something like 17 plus 122 if you start to get into the habit of thinking okay well that's more or less um 120 plus 20 um but the answer that you have just worked out with your column addition is something like a 
1,240 or something like that, then you know by sight that you've made an error somewhere. Yeah. So it just help, helps train the brain to know when maybe you need to look at it again. I do I do like that idea of adding the, the um, speed into it, Chip. I think um, making it into a bit of a race stops the children from from taking the time to work it out or count count everything exactly. Mm. It, it ensures that they are estimating and not counting. 2074. <laughs> did you do that in your head? I did, yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> this is why Rob's the key stage two teacher and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the storyteller. <laughs> That's sadly all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you're soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable, and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, Sir Fulladred and the U-Dragon will help us teach science. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. soon.